stranded on a secret mission for the Republic. Colonel Gascom and his intrepid droid squad successfully steal an encryption module from a separatist ship. During their escape, our heroes crash on the outer rim planet of Abafar and find themselves stranded in the strange wasteland called the Void. Now, after surviving against all odds, our heroes must find a way home and deliver the encryption module to crack the separatist code and stop an enemy attack. Again, Bucketheads, Mavartigar, welcome to the 172nd Republic Commando Clanker crushing episode of Mandivision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. How the heck is everyone doing? We're so glad you're back for another installment of our Star Wars, the Clone Wars Rewatch series. We are just motoring our way through Season 5, and it seems inevitable that we will have to pump the brakes as Andor begins, but we'll see how that goes. Maybe we can work out something where we're alternating episodes between Andor and, and, and the Clone Wars. We'll see. Again, we'll, we'll see how that goes. No promises just yet, uh, because we will be very, very focused on Andor for the next 10, 12 weeks, whatever it's going to be, uh, right up to Thanksgiving, I think. So Andor's going to keep us very, very busy, but we're glad you're here. We're glad you're re-watching Star Wars The Clone Wars with us. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I myself am really, 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 really enjoying the arc that we are in. But before we talk about that too much, let me give you some some friendly reminders to please make sure you're following us on social media. We are at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share this show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. Uh, and if you got time, hey, just no pressure. Five-star reviews. Super, super great. They help us out a ton. So yes, if we're pi we're picking up right where we left off, we are in the middle of the D Squad arc, a, a somewhat infamous arc among a section of the fan base. But I'm loving this arc. I'm having a great time with the droids, with Gab, uh, with uh, with Mieber Gaskin, whose name I cannot seem to get memorized to save my life. And we're we're here for the third installment, and I absolutely love this one. Uh, the the third act alone is worth the price of admission. Because, ooh, there are some serious uh, separatist booty getting getting beat down <laughs> in the, in this in the second. Uh, I'm sorry, in the in the third act here, and we'll talk about that. We'll get it all set up, 
let's go ahead and get into the particulars for this episode. We are on Season 5, Episode 12. This is Missing in Action. Our original air date is January 5th, 2013. So the first episode of 2013 is here. Our plot for this week, Colonel Gaskin and the five droids of D-Squad have arrived at the remote town of Pons Aura on the planet Abafar and find a, co- a clone commando suffering from amnesia. Hmm. Intriguing. Intriguing, intriguing. And more importantly, we get the name of the town that we're in, Pons Aura. Uh, I mentioned at the very end of the last episode the distinct visual style that this town has, and I really dig the very specific ge- geometric work that they do to design this town. It's it, it's lovely to look at, and, and uh, I, I appreciate that kind of work. I don't know what you all think of it. I, I just really like how distinct it was. How, you know, Again, like a lot of our desert settlements we've come across in the Star Wars universe is cut into the sand, allowing it to create some shadows, keep some cool spots in, in a, a hot desert climate where you need some more shade. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's probably still 110 in the shade, right? In the, in the how it goes. Uh, <laughs> this week's episode, directed by Stuart Lee, written once again by Brett Friedman. And our, our principal cast is pretty much the same as it has been, right? With, with, uh, with Stephen Stanton as Colonel Mieber Gaskin, Ben Diskin as WAC-47, Tom Kane is our narrator, and Mr. Borkus in this episode. Matthew Wood is the voice of some battle droids. And joining this episode is D. Bradley Baker as Gregor and a small little cameo as Captain Rex. So, yeah, we get into, we get into a lot of fun with this episode. I really liked the not only the fact that it's it's, it's you know they they it would have been enough to have them come across a clone trooper, right? Uh, a, a very capable, able-bodied, skilled uh, Republic trooper, right? But no, no, no. They took it up a notch with this one. Not, uh, we get a Republic commando. You know, we, we've seen little bits and pieces of, of the commandos here and there throughout the Clone Wars. Uh, this is, is, in my recollection, the first time that we really get to see a clone commando shred and, and, and just be a one-man, one-person wrecking crew. And I love, love, love it. And, and again, we're going to talk about it when we get to that section of the episode. But let's go ahead and dive into it, all right? We're we're ready. I'm ready. It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. I have never been to Tatooine, but if this place reminds you of it, R2, remind me never to go there. I love that we're taking shots at Tatooine right out of the gate. That brings a smile to my face. I'm kind of delighted by that whole idea. Uh, this is uh, this is our heroes uh, making their way through the towns through Pons Aura for the first time. And, and sort of taking in the the locals, as it were, and um, <laughs> it, it's it's again it's sparsely populated, you know. But this is our first glimpse of seeing what the population of the town is like. Uh, and and Mirror Gaskin has has uh, his opinions on the people in in this uh, in this outpost of a town. Let's let's kind of hear what he has to say about them. <laughs> Don't be absurd, QT. These people aren't dangerous. And yeah, that was the sound of someone being robbed. So <laughs> QT being the observant one, uh, Mieber Gaskin. Not so much the 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 the, the man in charge. Mm, he's he's relying on his on his. Uh, his brain, you know, more of what he thinks he knows as opposed to what he's seeing around him. But let's go ahead and let them finish out the sequence because it is rather enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> 
Most of these people are probably hiding from someone or something. That's the way it is on these outer rim armpits. Nobody's here by choice, which goes double for me. I hope you have a plan to get us off this armpit, Colonel. Of course I do, Corporal. All we need is a communications uplink and some fuel. Thank you for the reminder, C4, but I'm well aware our shuttle's lost in the void. I'm talking about fuel for me. You droids can putter along on battery power, but I need food to survive. My power cells are running low, too. And an oil bath would be nice. All this dust is wreaking havoc on my joints. So yeah, it, it's sort of interesting in, during this this chat that, that Gaskin's having with the droids as they stroll through the town that even though he's never been in a place like this, we know this is uh, Gaskin's first mission, his first time in the field, if you will. Uh, you know, he's basing his he's basing a lot of his uh, assumptions off of, of reports or stereotypes even of, of like what these outpost worlds are like. And in a lot of things are kind of miss are going beneath his notice because he already thinks he knows these things. So it's that's sort of an interesting. Uh, there are plenty to comedic effect as opposed to like a dramatic, uh, you know, underlining the sort of drama of the situation. It's just being pay, played for comedy, which I respect. I appreciate. Uh, it's not like the droids are in some sort of eminent. I mean, I guess they want you to think is dangerous, but Gaskin wants to think that he has control of the situation, even though he clearly does not. Uh, but he is trying to assert that that casual coolness that he, he's calm and in control of the situation um which i don't you know i don't think that's going to be necessarily accurate here especially as he's about to make his way into a diner and and try to procure some of that fuel he was talking about for himself i am colonel gascon of the grand army of the republic and i'm here on very important business I don't have much time, so if you'll be so kind as to fix me your daily special and let my droid recharge... Your droids! Fine. Uh, wait for me outside, Corporal. We don't serve your type either. What type are you referring to? Conduit worms. I beg your pardon, I am a Zilkin. You'll be begging for your life if you don't beat it. <laughs> beat it. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> so that's a pretty... It, 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 <laughs> I don't even know what to say about it. That's that the the, the Russian accented voice we heard is is Mr. Borkus, the owner and chef of the diner of that of that establishment, uh, uh, showing some some more um, not nice tendencies. You know, you don't want to come in outright and call him a racist, but he didn't seem to be a big fan of droids and uh, Zilkins either, apparently, which he's uh, just called a conduit worm, which again was sort of funny. But the, what the, one of the best parts in that sequence is actually it, it, it's not a it's not an audio thing like you're not going to really hear it. But you know uh, the, the the colonel is on top of a stool engaging with Borkus, trying to get some food service, even though Borkus is pointing a knife at him and telling him to get the heck out of there. Uh, so when the knife comes towards Gaskin, Gaskin he he falls and it's it's Whack that catches him and has him in his arms and. They make eye contact with each other, Meber, uh, Meber, and 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 Whack, 
And he just, Mieber just gestures with his hand down and to be put down so that he can kind of reassert himself, the entire to take some sort of position of authority against Borkus here. Um, it, and I don't know why, it just strikes me so funny, that sort of visual of him looking at Wack, them seeing uh, each other in this way, and then him being like, no, no, put me down so I can kind of try to get control of the situation. Uh, it, it gave me a little bit of a chuckle, and it's a very, it's a very subtle, small moment, but I, I think it really works for that scene. But then, but then Mr. Borkus, with that knife, uh, chases them off the pro- promptly off the premises, and and uh, you know doesn't work doesn't work out good. This sends us into the alley. They're gonna try and get Gascom some food, but it's garbage, and it's you know it's not going well until until the the dishwasher uh, uh, sees them rooting through the trash. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. Look, I I can get you some food, but. Uh... Normally people come in the front door, but there's, there's no problem. You do know that you're eating garbage, right? You're a clone. Excuse me? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't know about that. My, my name's Gregor. Uh, wait, what's a clone? So what you're what you're hearing now is as is, <laughs> Mieber Gascom has very much invaded this man's space so that he could get his hands all up on his actual face, and 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 he's doing the whole thing. He's he's sizing him up. He's looking at him. He's trying to be like, wait, this is really a clone, right? 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 Like I'm seeing the same traits that I saw in in you know a million other soldiers. And Gregor, for his sake, for his part, yeah, I mean you can see that he's been on this world for a while. He's 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 got shaggy hair, he has a full beard at this point. So yeah, he's been MIA for, for quite some time. Uh, and, and, and Gascom sees an opportunity here with this, with this clone trooper now standing there before him. You are a clone. <laughs> are you working undercover? I don't know what you're talking about. Listen to me, soldier. Whatever your assignment is, it can't be more important than mine. It is his first real mission. He is just a map reader. Don't listen to that ignorance. You are a clone and a soldier in the Republic Army, and I order you to take me to your ship. We need to get back to Coruscant immediately. Uh, look, friend, I, I, I was just trying to help. I, I, I'm sorry if you took it the wrong way. I do not think that soldier believes you are a colonel. Uh, colonel. Excuse me, I, I gotta go. I, I don't want to lose my job. But I'm still hungry! <laughs> so, uh, as that's going on, the astromech droids have been sent out by Mieber to kind of patrol the area, see what's going on, see what's what, and they've stumbled across battle droids. So, things are, are getting spicy here on, on Pan's Aura. What are these battle droids doing? And and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about a small, slightly clunky element of the plot in in just a few moments. But yeah, hang on, hang on to your hats. So as I mentioned before, Gregor is a. This is our first appearance with, with Gregor. But you may remember, at least in the in the history of this podcast, we've actually come across Gregor before. Uh, in in the last season of the Bad Batch, he shows up in in one of the episodes towards the end of the season. And this is his first appearance. And you'll notice there's sort of a progression with him. Uh, 
you know, he's not a character, a clone that we spent a lot of time with. Uh, I believe this is his only appearance in Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Uh, and then we, chronologically, the next time we see him is much later in his life uh, in Rebels. That's not chronologically. That's in order of shows, I should, I should say. So, because after Clone Wars is Rebels. <laughs> but chronologically speaking, Bad Batch is in between there. So, based off his, the, the dates of his appearances... Uh, to the public, to us, the viewing audience. We see him here in the Clone Wars. We see him later in life as an old clone with Rex and everybody in Rebels. And then in the Bad Batch, just from last year, we see him at a middle point in, in, in his life, in his career as a, as a commando. Uh, and there'll be some, I think there'll be some more elaboration on what's going on with Gregor. I think he might be a character we, we kind of touched base with some more perhaps in this new season of The Bad Batch coming up. Uh, but he's an interesting character. He's kind of been through a lot. We talk a little bit about his history, how he ends up on Abafar uh, a little bit later in this episode. Um, but he shreds. He's a great character, and, and I really like the time we get to spend with him. This next scene we're going to play is him with Borkus, uh, trying to get a little bit more information because what, what Mibra Gascom has told him has sort of started uh, the wheels in his in his mind churning and spinning and 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 he's kind of like trying to figure some things out like why doesn't he remember anything before he was in Abafar you know but his time before Borkus is all is all blank it's all a mystery he's trying to get some answers he's trying to put some puzzle pieces together here let's check it out so uh boss you know, you know I was just wondering no you can't have a raise Gregor Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I, 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 I don't want to race. Uh, I, I just wanted to know, what's a clone? As someone told me I was a clone today. They insisted. <laughs> a clone? <laughs> Clones fight battles across the galaxy. They are brave soldiers. Does that sound like you? You're a dishwasher, Gregor. Forget about clones or anything like that. You have good life here. A simple life. More than you had when Borkus found you. I, I know, sir, and I appreciate everything that you've done, believe me. But I, I, I thought maybe you could... Could you tell me how did I get here? Where did you find me? Enough questions. Go home. Sleep. Come back tomorrow. Do your job. And I don't ever want to hear that word clone again. Understand? All right, so let's talk about Borkas here for a moment because we haven't spent a lot of time with any Celestins in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. So it's nice to see, you know, our first uh, encounter with the, with the Celestins, Nian Noob from Return of the Jedi, co-piloting with Lando on the Millennium Falcon, going through the the, the superstructure of the second Death Star. Uh, and again, it's it's a uh, in that film, the vocal t stylings of the of the Celestins. You know, we don't know what they're saying. They're not speaking basic. This is our first time we're seeing a Celestin speak basic. And they have like this really kind of thick Russian accent, which is not what I would have uh, expected for a Celestin based off of what we got from Nian Noom in, in, in Return of the Jedi. But it's an interesting choice nonetheless, especially uh, when you sort of factor in like his... his commentary about the clones and the way they're brave soldiers across the galaxy and, the, and the, it's a very interesting this episode has a lot of good things going on into it and I, I really wanted to pin this down and and see if I could connect it to some other military story some other piece of of 
you know, even like Russian literature. I wondered if there was a reason for doing it this way. And I, I couldn't come up with anything strong enough to make me think that this connects to any other piece of military fiction or literature. Uh, it just it just happened to be an interesting choice. And, and that's all I'm going to say it is. If there's more to it than that, I, like I said, I think there might be more to it than that, but I can't really seem to find anything conclusive to make me believe that there's – uh, that they're paying homage to something with with Borkus and Gregor's relationship with each other, but I mean, again, there's there's a sort of a familiar element to a lot of these things. It's 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 a, a, a trope we've seen before. They're just using it a little bit differently in in regards to the clone this time around. But it's interesting. It's it's good to note that he is you know the, his encounter with Mirogaskum's got him thinking about things in a little bit of a different way. Okay, let's go ahead and check back in with D Squad. We have another a bit of verbal sparring between. Uh, the <laughs> between Wack and and Gabber Mimbergaskum. Let's go ahead and play this because again, it's very very amusing. Colonel, I cannot help noticing that we are already on our third plan. Smart battle strategy requires flexibility and improvisation. Something droids are not known for. R two is right. Droids are not known for being flexible because we are programmed to be right the first time. Well, answer me this, Corporal. If the Jedi Council thought one of you droids were better prepared to lead this mission, then why did they put me in charge? Because you were the only one who could fit inside Beezy. No, it is because my power of deduction told me that if there are Separatist droids on Abafar, then there must be a landing zone nearby where there will be no doubt a shuttle to take us home. That, Corporal, is why I am in charge. So D-Squad reaches a, a shuttle pad. Uh, they see a craft. They believe that this is their opportunity. They're going to take this shuttle craft, get the heck out of here, elude the battle droids, and do their thing. Uh, but, but, Mieber Gaskin's plan has got some flaws in it, and the, and, the, and the mechs are more than happy to point those out. Check it out. Now, we are going to waltz down there undetected, just like we did on the Dreadnought, and commandeer that shuttle without incident. The mechs have a point, Colonel. After what we did on the Dreadnought, those battle droids probably have our identities scanned. We will have to fight our way onto the shuttle this time. Mm, your droids may have a point, but there's no way in Malachor that I am going to lead this pitiful squad on an assault of that landing zone. What is the plan now, Colonel? We're going to wait until our clone gets off work, then enlist his help, whether he wants to or not. And that's precisely what they're going to do. Using uh, R2 to project into Gregor's uh, chambers, into his room, his quarters, whatever you want to call it, he projects an image of Captain Rex. And this is, is sort of the synapses begin firing in Gregor's brain and he's, as he recognizes himself in Rex. And, and he begins to make to question and, and start to believe what Mieber Gascon has been telling him, that he is a soldier. He's supposed to be uh, in the Grand Army of the Republic. He's supposed to be out in, in, in the space battling the Separatists. Uh, let's go ahead and, and check in on that conversation as it takes place. Okay, slow down, slow down. So, you're telling me that there are more of these clones? Millions. A whole army's worth. Uh-huh. And they all look exactly like me? No. 
Those clones are warriors, professional soldiers created by the Republic, trained to fight and die, if necessary, in our war against the Separatists. They're not dishwashers living in some vermin-infested hovel. Look, I'm lucky to live in this place. Mr. Vorkas says my salary doesn't even cover the rent, so he pays the difference for me. Don't you get it, Gregor? You're his slave. We need to figure out who you really are, how you got here. Are you sure you don't remember anything? Well, all I remember is waking up on a transport. Okay, I'm going to pause it right here because there's a lot, there's kind of a, a lot to kind of pull apart there in the, in the sequence. Uh, Mira Gascom is is giving uh, giving Gregor like a really good sales pitch, a really noble version of what's going on in the galaxy, the the, the noble battle to preserve the Republic and end the Separatist threat, uh, and and now he's also spinning the the idea that Borkus is using Gregor as a slave, which he is, but as we have maintained on this podcast since day one. The clones are, in fact, themselves a unknowing, unwilling, un, unbeknownst slave army of the Republic. Uh, that, that whole notion, again, they don't spend a whole lot of time on that, that thread. You know, a lot of that comes from old Star Wars EU stuff, but I totally, it totally makes sense. It totally works. And again, it sort of lends more credence to the idea that the Jedi... Were, fa- were doomed to failure in the Clone Wars before they even started because the employment of a slave army was, was, was perhaps their biggest downfall. This, the, 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 the willingness to go along with this, this army that was just happened to be ready to go for them at the time of the war. Now, we're not going to dive too deep on that. If you want me to give you more context on that, it's definitely worth a, a whole episode to talk about the idea of the clones of, as a slave army and why the Jedi were wrong from the beginning. <laughs> to get involved in, in this whole conflict. That's a different podcast. But it, it, it is inter- for my beliefs of the clones, like this is a really interesting conversation. And again, me regasm definitely playing things up on a very patriotic, noble level to appeal more to Gregor's sense of duty and, and to try and trigger a sense of duty. So let's go ahead and, and finish out this, this scene. Uh, as R2 is about to scan some data, because apparently the clones have uh, data chips in their wrists. I don't think that's something I remembered. I must have forgot that. Somehow we crashed on Abafar, and, well, Mr. Borkus says I have amnesia. Mm. Every clone has an identifying code on their wrist. Your military records will be in the database. Scan them, R2. So he goes to scan them, and they're going to get a lot of really juicy information here. Impressive. Gregor, your designation is CC 5576-39. You were a captain and part of an elite squad. A clone commando. Your file says you were reported missing in action during the Battle of Sarish. 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 Wait. Was the Battle of Sarish? I like how much. By the way, I, I'm going to pause again here and interject. I love the the the, the Mech's reactions to hearing about Sarish. Like everyone knows what Sarish was, and now they have to deliver this information to Gregor. It was one of the Republic's most devastating losses. Sarish. Yes, 
Yes, I remember now. So many soldiers were dying. Do... do you remember how you escaped Sarish? No. I just remember seeing all those... bodies. Bodies everywhere. I knew I had to get help, but... that's where the memory stops. Well, soldier, there's nothing you can do about that battle now. But you can help us. Our mission depends on it. Alright, so now they gotta go and they're gonna try and, and, and recover his equipment, right? Let let's get to, let's get to, to some juicy stuff. But Borkus is aware of what's going on. Borkus Borkus is lurking around the corner and he's figured out that his 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 uh, dishwasher has learned that he's more than just a dishwasher. And he's not going to be a fan of that. And it's going to lead to a confrontation. And uh, not a nice one, <laughs> to say the least. But let's go ahead and check that out. Looking for this? My uniform. My equipment. All this time you knew who I was and didn't tell me? Why? I don't care who you were. You're dishwasher now, and you owe me for saving you from your crash. You're I'm going to pause it right here. Well, here. Let me play this last section. Your life is mine, Gregor. You. Let me pause it right there. <laughs> because, all right, so Borkus finds uh, uh, Gregor in the desert. And Borkus has a restaurant. He has a diner. And he needs a dishwasher. Okay, I get that. Some some free cheapy labor, right? Um. I feel like Borkus could have found something more impressive to do with a clone commando than make him dish, wash his dishes. It just seems like a waste of resources. Like, you, you could have uh, maybe done some bigger things with, with Gregor on your side, especially, you know, if, if you kind of encourage him to, you know, remember his skills at the very least. Uh, but no, no let's, let's find a clone commando and make him wash dishes. Okay, all right. Aiming, you're aiming low, Borkus. You're aiming low. You didn't save me. You turned me into a slave. I've worked in this dump taking orders from you when I could have been fighting for the Republic. I want my life back. You want your freedom, Gregor? Take your gun from me. Show me you are a soldier. You see? You are no soldier. You are a dishwasher. <laughs> And this is when the droids step up, the mechs step up, and, and really do a great job of putting the kibosh on Borkus here and, and rendering him... Uh... <laughs> I was going to say obsolete, but that is not the word I want to use. But rendering him uh, no longer a threat and, and, and allowing Gregor to kind of get his footing back under him, uh, put the equipment on, start to feel him more himself once again, and to see him strap on all that commando gear and and be the character straight out of the the uh, video game from back in the day is glorious. Uh, I love it so much. I, I think I've talked in previous episodes of the podcast how much I love that Republic Commando game. One of my favorite Star Wars video games of all time. One of the, a great shooter, a lot of fun. Starts on Battle of Geonosis and you work your way through all kinds of fun missions. And it's it's a it's a real 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 fun time and and seeing. Gregor really bring that game to life, particularly in that in this third act coming up, uh, running around and fighting like just the the innumerable, uncalculable odds against him, 
uh, it is, is very reminiscent of the video game. There's a shot from the inside of his helmet with his heads-up display that mirrors that of what you see in the video game, uh, which is even cooler. And, and it's just, it's, it's a great sequence. It's a great, one of the, I, I think it might be one of the best action sequences in, in Star Wars The Clone Wars, as it's, you know, one clone commando versus a whole lot of clankers. And it's real, real good stuff. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go ahead and get to the next big part of this show. Oh, but Borkus has a, a, a bit of information he has to relay to us. I forgot about this part, so let's go ahead and check this out. Uh, and again, this is right where I'm pausing, where I'm picking up right now is, is Gregor picking up his clone commando helmet, and it's awesome. Like the scoring, the marks on it, the, the sort of kill count he has. Oh, it's really cool. It looks really good. Don't leave, Gregor. It's a big galaxy out there. Bigger than you know. Stay here, where your life is simple. Simple isn't good enough anymore. Not for this clone. Ha! You will never get off Abafar. You and your little Republic friends. Not after your Jedi cruiser blows up. What are you talking about? Why do you think the Separatists bother coming here? They are mining our Rhydonium to load on the shuttle and destroy your ride home. You will see. You will all be stuck here, begging Borkas for a job in his diner. <laughs> all right, so as Borkas laughs and our heroes roll out of the diner, uh, I think as an audience, we start to become aware that uh, now not only is D-Squad... You know they they did their objective. They got that decoder, but now they find themselves basically in in the rumored attack. They haven't quite. They themselves have not connected those dots. But I think we, as the audience, begin to begin to put these pieces together. Uh, that that the separatists are there mining the Rhydonium. Borkus's information is a little incorrect. He thinks that they're going to load up the shuttle to go blow up the Jedi cruiser, uh, when in fact the plot is is uh, more involved than that. And we will get to that in the fourth episode of this arc. But, yeah, D-Squad hasn't quite put together the pieces, but I think we as an audience, this is when we start to be like, oh, these are all, this is all the pieces coming together for this big, big attack that kicked off the adventure in the, in the first episode of the, of the, of the D-Squad arc. Now everything's kind of coming a lot more clear, and they find themselves in the mission that they were trying to detect, trying to uncover with the Codebreaker. So really interesting stuff in, the, in that regard. I really uh, enjoyed that aspect of it. All right, so here's another section with a lot of vital chunks of information about it and laying the groundwork for the plan to get D-Squad and Gregor off-planet here to return to the Republic and complete their mission with the Codebreaker. Wait, there. There's a cruiser up there. And that shuttle, I think, yes, is being loaded up with Rhydonium canisters. Huh. I guess Mr. Borges was actually telling the truth. For once. What exactly is Rhydonium? It's a fuel. Mostly been mined out on Abafar. It's volatile and dangerous. Yes, we do have a new mission. Stop the Separatists from blowing up that cruiser. I'll cover you and clear the way, Colonel. You all head straight to the shuttle. I'll take care of those clankers. Hmm, sounds like a good plan. You soldiers ready to get dangerous? I'll meet you at the shuttle, sir. Let's roll. 
All right, so we're getting ready for our big action sequence to close out this episode. Uh, but this is the one element of the plot that I think we have to sort of focus on as being a tad clunky because we have that Jedi cruiser in orbit, right? But the D-Squad and, and Gregor, they aren't asking the right questions. of Like, why is that cruiser there? Why is nothing going on? Why do we not see any sort of Republic presence on the ground here in, in Pons Aura? Like, like, what's going on here? Is it, is, it's, is it just as simple as they just assume that that ship's just hanging out for no real good reason? And they're going to let this droid load up, load up some Rhydonium and blow up their, their Jedi cruiser? I don't think they're asking the right questions. It's a little, like I said, a little bit clunky, but maybe they're blinded by the hope of escape, of getting the heck out of there. And again, maybe this, maybe they're taking Borkus too much at his word. That, oh, no, this is what we're going to do. They're loading up this shuttle with Rhydonium and they're going to blow up that Jedi cruiser. Even though the Jedi cruiser doesn't really seem to be there for any valid reason or serving any sort of function on the planet. But, you know, it, you know, it, there are stranger reasons for a Jedi cruiser to be there with nothing going on, I suppose. So that maybe that's just me overthinking things as usual. Let's go ahead. Our third act is going to be diving, going full blast here. And, and you know, again, we're not going to be playing, you know, the pew-pews, but there is some good stuff here at, 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 at to close out the episode. So let's go ahead and, and, and kind of check in with Gregor as he is a one- person wrecking crew here against the clankers and it's awesome it's a really really great action sequence uh check it out if you want to see a republic commando being a total ba on this show so in this sequence here that i'm going to play a clip from in just a moment uh, uh gregor is wrecking house but some battle droids recognize they they notice the astromech droids making a run to the shuttle, and they don't like that very much. So the Astromechs come under pretty heavy fire from some from first one battle droids, and BZ gets exploded up, not all the way, not just knocked over, badly damaged, and of course BZ is what Gaskum is is rolling around in, and and so he doesn't make it to the shuttle, and Whack informs Gregor of this, and and this is where we're going to pick up right now, and and Gregor gets to be pretty awesome here. Check this out. and the colonel are still out there. Get the shuttle ready to roll. Colonel, you're right. I'll never make it back alive. Yes, you will, sir. This is what I was born to do. Now go, before it's too late. And then the, the butt-kicking continues. One of the fun elements of this is, again, it's very much like the video game. I think a, a lot of the, the design elements for this episode went into somebody who was a big fan of the game as well. Uh, like the, the, these can canisters, I'm assuming of Rhydonium, that are placed around the landing pad that you get to shoot, that Gregor shoots and blows up and causes massive damage. These are elements that you saw a lot of in the, in the video game as well to help you out against the overwhelming odds you were sometimes faced to fight, forced to fight in that game. So just another sort of little piece of authenticity from the video game coming to life in Star Wars The Clone Wars Animated Series. So I, I loved so much of that element. It was great to see uh, in, in, you know, in animated action. I loved it so, so much. All right, so BZ and Gaskum make it on board the ship. Wax getting everything ready to go. They're getting ready to take off. It's been an honor serving with you, Colonel. 
R2's right. We can swing back around and pick you up. Don't worry about me. You made me remember who I am. I'll make my way home, I promise. Now go! Where is Gregor? Where is Gregor? He's doing what a soldier does, sacrificing himself for the lives of others. Loved it. Yeah, it was a great way to close that episode out. And, you know, again, I have the nostalgia for, for the Republic Commando video game, but seeing that blue lit up HUD the, uh, on the on the T-visor of, of, of Gregor is just so awesome. <laughs> it's just, it's such a great look. I, you know, I, I would have loved if this show had embraced the Republic Commandos a little bit more fully than they, than they do. But even even you know the 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 the, the tastes and teases we get of them, uh, with like in this episode, are so satisfying, are so wonderful, that it's it's just an absolute uh, delight, an absolute delight. So yes, this was season five, episode twelve, missing in action. Not only does it refer to uh, uh, Captain Gregor, who's been missing for quite some time since that battle, he went he went. MIA on, but it's also referring to our droid friends. D-Squad is now overdue from their mission, and I'm sure that means they are considered MIA as well. So yeah, a lot of people missing in action on this episode who find each other and aid each other. And Gregor seemingly making, you know, the the big sacrifice play, but as I said before, uh, in, in, in viewing chronology, as in once the Clone Wars is done and we go to Rebels, we will catch up and find out that Gregor did, did in fact survive this encounter. Uh, and then we go back in Bad Batch, and we find that middle piece of time with him uh, serving a republic, transitioning to the Empire. And and I think we'll do we'll have, to, we'll have to compile these and kind of have like a big thing on Gregor at some point because I think he's a really interesting character, even though we don't spend a ton of time with him. The stuff we do get to do, especially with his stuff in Rebels, uh, with old you know as an aged clone with Rex and 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 everybody, uh, good stuff, good stuff all around. I dig this episode a lot. The Republic Commando aspect bumps it up to like eight and a half buckets. Easy, easy, easy. Almost nine, because I love the third act of this so much. Great, great stuff. I recommend it highly, highly, highly. And that is the third installment of our D-Squad arc, and I'm so glad you've been here for it. Uh, let me remind you again. <laughs> Sorry. Let me remind you one more time to give us a follow, a like on social media. Make sure you see what we're doing over there. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandalorianTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing this show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. It is so helpful when you do that. Another way to help the podcast, five-star reviews. They are a big deal. They help small shows like us uh, not get lost in the the swirling seas of the algorithm. And we truly appreciate the time that you take to do those sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. I truly, truly appreciate your doing that. If you'd like to become an official member of Buckethead Nation, 
or an event Man Division Maniac, either which, whichever term you prefer. You can do so at patreon.com forward slash Man Division. You can join up with the Maniacs and gain access to sweet, sweet, sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current members of Buckethead Nation, the Aspinel Chody, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail, Jeff's co-host in the Ring Air, a great music podcast, so check them out. New uh, thanks to Evil, uh, oh boy, thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squid Master General Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn Brian and Krista, a Pride Brewing, right here in San Diego, for the time being, and and but more specifically in Baltimore, Maryland. Yes, they are closing up shop here in San Diego, but they will still have the Baltimore location, and I believe you can still even order beer off their website if you want it shipped directly to you. Thanks to the Beer Hop Brigadier General Jesus Beer Hops, the Silent Assassin, he who should not be named. And Syndicate Ram, co-host of Come On, It's Still Good. A great friend to this Star Wars podcast. All right, we ran a little long, but thanks for sticking around. Appreciate you so much. We'll be back in the next episode to close out the D-Squad arc. It's going to be a hoot. Let's close this party down. But you know this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession.